This is a Sydney EO production. Welcome to episode 24 of the Sydney EO Business Podcast. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm with Isha Oberoi. Hi, Isha. How are you, Brendan? I'm well. Now, Isha, you've flipped the tables on me today. You've decided that um, I've sneakily got you in here to, to interview you, and you've said, no, no, I'm going to flip the tables and interview you. That's it. So we had a really, um, we had a very typical conversation. I was in the cab, and... In my mind, I was thinking, oh, do I really need to talk about myself? How about I get to the, I get to this location and ask Brendan if I can actually interview him? I got here, put it out to Brendan, and Brendan was like, yeah, absolutely, that sounds amazing. And the next thing I know, I'm actually interviewing Brendan, and then we're talking about a succession plan for him, which is so <laughs> typical of the way that Brendan's mind works. Um, so this can be a really interesting interview, I think, just really understanding how you, um, in your entrepreneurial journey, have, you know, just come up with these great ideas for businesses, but then also very quickly thought about your own succession. Oh, thank you. Well, it'd be nice to um, see what I come up with today. <laughs> I, I hope it's not all bad, so. Yeah. So, Brendan, just for the people that don't know you and your businesses, can we get a bit of an intro? Yeah, sure. So um, I describe myself as a lifestyle entrepreneur. Um, there's a few of us in EO that, that like to run businesses like that. So I've tried to get to the point where um, I run the businesses in a non-operational um, point of view and that sort of allows me and my f- uh, family freedom to go and do the things that we enjoy doing. Um, I'm still involved on a day-to-day basis but I don't actually physically really work in any of the businesses so um yeah yeah it's been it's been i guess it's taken me probably 20 or 25 years to get to that point though yeah and i find that so inspirational brendan i think um what i love about you and i've had such a pleasure to get to know you over time and now you're in my forum um what makes you so special is the fact that you can operate um, like an entrepreneur and utilize your commercial acumen and your strategic insights but at the same time have such a zen you know um, sort of outlook about yourself so maybe maybe it would be it would be good to know how you do that like how do you balance bringing in that harmony that you know the business environment actually needs so um, when you say lifestyle business what are the things that you're able to do and then how do they in turn inspire you to continue um, kind of driving the change in business well um, as I said before it's sort of been a very gradual thing like when I first started my own businesses in my early 20s it was like I used to pull all nighters and you know it was all me I was doing you know three people's jobs and all of that and during my 20s, like, I had a few sort of things happen in my 20s. The first thing, my parents split up, which was a huge game changer for me. Like, it just completely rocked my world. I wasn't, I didn't see it coming. Mm. Um, so that kind of led me on to, like, a lot of self-analysis um, during yeah. my 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably didn't help also the fact that I was out partying, you know, self-medicating and partying every weekend. Um, <laughs> and so it, it was interesting, you know, like a lot of people in their 20s have sort of, you know, 
a lot of social activity, but I also sort of had this introspective, um, I guess, almost sort of meditative approach as well. So yeah. it got to the point where I had sort of had this mini breakdown in my kind of, I guess, sort of mid to late 20s, and I was sort of searching for what might be a method of sort of getting rid of some of the stress that I was experiencing. Yeah. Um, and so when I met my wife, when I was I, about 26 when we first met, um, she introduced me to yoga and that was kind of like the, the start of that journey on a, you know, exploring the spiritual side of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also sort of had a long history of being interested in the esoteric. So like I've had a little stage where I was reading um, tarot cards for 18 months and yeah. <laughs> had a stint of palm reading and all these all these kind of esoteric things. So I've always been drawn to that side of things. Um, but yeah, from my I guess from my late twenties, I started doing yoga, and then probably three years into that, like I still would have it was like it was kind of like the um, it was almost like a male menopausal thing. Every month, I felt like I had this breakdown where I'd go into this dark cloud, yeah. and I was kind of looking for relief from that, and that eventually um, led me to meditation. So. In 2003, I did my first Vipassana meditation course, which I don't know if the listeners know about Vipassana, but it's basically a, a 10-day um, camp where you don't speak for nine of those days and you, you sit meditating for 12 hours a day. Wow. Um, which is pretty – it's like it's so, intense. so intense. But yeah. um, after I did my first course in 2003, I was like, oh, my God, this is – yeah. This is a path that I'm taking and, and pretty much I'm not doing Vipassana anymore but I'm still meditating on a daily basis so that's mm. been, um, what, about 16 years now of, of daily meditation. Yeah. Uh, I miss the odd day, like I won't lie, but pretty much there wouldn't be a time that I'd miss more than a couple of days and, and that for me has been kind of like a, a key foundational um, thing in my life to you know, give me a lot of strength, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I can imagine how that would bring in so much, um, I guess, just its own, like, serenity into your work, into your workflow. Um, there's, a lot, there's a lot of chaos in my, my uh, <laughs> workflow as well, Ishaz. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't want to give you the wrong idea, but it's all zen. It's certainly... Um, no, I, and look, we had this discussion before we started the podcast, right? Like, business is all about that. There is chaos and it's so unpredictable because... You know the the key assets in our organisations are our people, and then their life changes, and their lives are unpredictable, and then of course that impacts our business. But I guess what I was alluding to, because we have, um, I feel like we kind of lead parallel lives, and a lot of what you've mentioned about your past, I can resonate with that. You know, I've gone through that journey myself. Um, there's a lot of science around meditation and what it does to our brain waves, and then how it allows us to almost. I guess getting into that level of consciousness, it gives us like a third-person perspective and you you almost move away from being the executor to the um, spectator. You know, it's like like in business, you're not executing anymore, you're like the visionary and it's very similar to what, you know, meditation can do. So um, whilst our business stays chaotic... I guess it's that stability that we can bring in as leaders. Yeah, Would d- you? yeah, I think so. I mean, um, I guess I'm coming across more and more people now that are using meditation. And the way I like to, I've been saying this for years, like 
when you when I used to go on these um, the Pashna camps, by the way, I've done eight of them. So that's like, amazing. Over the years, so yeah. Um, and you'd, you'd meet all these people and they're like, oh, I want to get enlightened, and that was like the end goal was to yeah to like I don't, I don't know like become something that you're not right now and the way I've always approached a meditation it's just it's just exercise for your mind mm. so just like we physically exercise to keep fit and healthy yeah meditation is that for your mind so you know we've got all got these unwanted thoughts or the craziness of your your mind being like wild elephants at times going around <laughs> yeah. and, and meditation helps you deal with that you know so yes at least that's what i've found yeah no i completely have to agree with that oh that sounds really good and next time maybe i can join you on one of these retreats <laughs> <laughs> we'll see who well, talks we, we, first we won't be speaking yeah <laughs> don't worry i play that game with my kids all the time yeah. the silence game yeah. <laughs> um so yeah that'll be fun but brendan i wanted to i wanted to also ask a few questions just going back to your business businesses so for the listeners how do you know when is the right time to start maybe a second or third business like what's kind of the decision making framework that you use to say okay you know what i'm ready for to start something new yeah well i guess for me I'm, i love startup so i've done probably i guess about five or six of them over my career since my early 20s i'm 47 now yeah um and yeah, I don't know. I think it's just activity for me. Like when something's up and running and it's working, yeah. for me, it kind of loses its shine a bit. Mm. And that's normally when it's time to start a new project and, and yeah. do something different. But I do stick at them. So like I had a translation business in my 20s that I had for – I ran for about 11 years and I was very much operational. I did everything from, you know, bookkeeping to not the translation but um, managing all the contractors, all that sort of thing. Um, I sold that in my early 30s and went travelling for a couple of years. Um, and, yeah, I think, yeah, once it becomes too operational, that's, for me, a time to yeah. go on to the next thing. Yeah. And it sounds like you, you you would probably just use your instincts, right? It's really, in, it's it's very much about your instincts to you. Yeah. When I mean, is look, it the right all, time? They don't like us all, that all these ideas, you know. I always say <laughs> to my wife, you know, I've got 100 ideas and yeah. 99 of them fail. Yeah. And, but you kind of like, I think as business people, we sort of get an idea after a while. Like I find when you have energy behind stuff, like if you start something new and mm. all the doors feel like they're opening, that's often a good sign to yeah. be curious and find out where it's leading. Yeah. And do you test them? Do you test your ideas or do you kind of just go, no, I'm, I'm going to start a business and this is the plan? Like, what's your style? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I always say to people that all my businesses, you know, they say, oh, how did you get into this or that? And I'm like, naivety. <laughs> I, never, I never knew. I never knew that it would end up like this. And yeah. So, yeah, I probably should have more advanced planning, but I kind of make stuff up along as I yeah. go. And I'm also a big... big um, advocate of back of the envelope stuff so right it's got to work on the back of an envelope and if it doesn't it's probably too complicated for me i like that yeah i like that it's it's almost um you know it's using your heart not getting the mind too involved at the beginning um yeah yeah so you've got a good risk appetite yeah but they ca- i mean they calculated that all the thing all the businesses are all small businesses so don't tend to involve many staff or people and 
I yeah. kind of try and leverage. I really enjoy working with people that are like, and this is just learning lessons over the years. If you can, if you can work with people that you really respect, yeah, that's such a great place to start mm. for success. Absolutely. You know, then then it's um, yeah, it just changes everything. If you're working with people that you respect what they can do, mm. yeah, pretty cool. So yeah, oh good. Now you now you've got to you've got to uh, we're only um, about twelve minutes into it, Asia. So this is <laughs> this could be where the the interview flips. Okay, maybe, but keep going, keep going. We'll. Okay. Well, I was going to ask. Um, so, from your perspective, it's not risky, but you know, from from where I see it, I think it is. You yeah. know, there's an element of risk when you're starting different businesses. How about? Share, share maybe one of the ways that you started one of your recent businesses and, and tell us a little bit about that journey and, and where you've got it to. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'll tell you about the little project that I'm working on at yeah. the moment. So, okay. Um, <clears throat> some of you may know that I own a wedding venue. Um, so, I, actually, I'll talk about the wedding venue and how, how that's... Um, so, that started off as a um, holiday house um, that we bought in... 2015. It's on the south coast in a place called Jeringong, which is near Kiama, about two hours south of Sydney. And um, we've had a long history of renting our places out furnished, so for holiday rentals. So when we bought this place, the natural thing for us was to um, sort of go, well, well, we'll rent it out to help pay the bills and make a bit of an income from it. Um, but what we realised, it's, it's on small acreage. What we realised was it's quite expensive to, you know, keep the maintenance up for this place. And yeah. sort of as luck would have it, um, the agent that we were using at the time said, oh, we've got an inquiry for a wedding, um, but you'll need to go to council and get permission because you need a DA to, to run it. And so I made some more inquiries and um, I rang the council and I said, oh, it turned out we already had a DA. That's amazing. And so we we have this wedding DA, which is these days a more or less, you know, they're as rare as hen's teeth. Yeah. And so we bought this property. The agent had neglected to tell us that there was a DA for 52 weddings a year. Right. And so that was kind of like, okay, that's interesting. Um, And so from that point, we kind of thought, well, you know, if we're going to rent the accommodation, we may as well utilise the fact that we've got this DA and so that's what we did over the last, I guess, three or four years. We, we started from, the, I think, the second year we owned it, we had three weddings. The next year we had 18. And, and you're not experienced in that area, right? So this no. would have been a great learning curve yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. it's make it up as you go along. That's it's, fantastic. Um, and, you know, it, there has, of course, been challenges. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it was, you know, I think on the third year we had a fire in the house. And, oh, no. Um, we had this like full wedding book of 40 weddings um, booked for the following year and the insurer was saying it'll you'll be out of action for six months. Wow. Um, and how did you overcome that time? Uh, we just said, well, bugger you, insurer. We're, um, <laughs> we're going to fix this ourselves and we did it in six weeks. Wow. So, um, and that, yeah, so that was... You know that was a huge challenge, and absolutely. That, um, so we over we we got over that hurdle, and and mm. um, and then so yeah, so this year we're up to fifty weddings, and it's we're pretty much got a full book now for eighteen months. That's fantastic. Yeah, so it's all booked up now till the end of yeah. twenty twenty. Yeah. 
And so this is an example of something, you know, like you're running a business, it yeah. starts getting up and running. So we've met, I feel like we've met the challenge now. Like we've we moved away from the the agent actually sacked us. Um, they, right. said, they, they said, oh, look, it's it's far too busy. Yeah. Um, and they were manually, you know, we'd, we'd get 10 inquiries a day and they were manually replying to all of those inquiries. So mm. when they handed it back to us, we kind of automated everything. Yeah. Um, so that that was, uh, that made it a lot easier to run. And so now it's, you know, it's full. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I'm itchy feet now. Uh, there's not much for me to do because it's all kind of self-running. And, and so what, there wasn't a lot of competition in the area or were they the other properties not marketed well? Like how do you think you got so much? Like how did you get back-to-back bookings in less than three years? Um, I think, look, we are blessed with a beautiful view there, which yeah. no other wedding, wedding venue has for that kind of DIY wedding market. So we definitely yeah. leverage that as an asset um, mm. that – you know, it's kind of an unfair competition in a way. Like if you if you want a view and you want rural, then mm. our wedding venue called Seacliff House, that's there's nothing like that. So if you if you're wanting that, that's our competitive advantage. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's look, it's a bit of luck, a bit of hard work, um, and we just enjoy it. Like we really yeah. we really we really love dealing with people getting married. It's yeah. And, but it is quite hands off as well. Like we don't do the catering or the the florists or celebrant or anything like that we hire the venue yeah and then the people that get married at the venue they have to organize everything themselves Mm. um so yeah now it's full i'm like okay what am i going to do now because um it's up and running yeah and so i went i was actually having catching up with a ex-eo member jeremy levitt who has service seeking um .com .au um, that some of the listeners may know of And I was just brainstorming on another idea that I had um, to do with health and safety, which is the other business that I have. And he was saying, oh, and I was telling him about the wedding venue. And he's like, you know, your idea of doing this marketplace for the health and safety um, website, why don't you think about doing that for the weddings, given that you're full and you're still getting, you know, we get 10 inquiries a day and I have to bin them basically because we're full. Yeah, you've got more leads coming in. I've got more leads. So he... um, he he inspired me. He went, oh yeah, you're right. You know, like, uh, mm. so um, that's what that's the project that I'm working on now. It's not the first. I guess the first step forward is like my intent is to promote the South Coast as a wedding destination and and help. There's a lot of it's like a micro economy of you know you've got celebrants and you've got florists and you've got event planners and it's definitely growing year by year yeah and so we came up with this idea called the south coast wedding collective Mm. um and that's basically going to be 60 to 80 suppliers in different niches involved with putting your own wedding together and it's basically it's kind of like a community service um project for most of the members yeah um where we're going to promote the region get more weddings in into it but then for some of the wedding venues I'm speaking to them where they're not full is helping them get to a stage where they can be full as well because once once a weekend sold at our venue, yeah. if we've got, you know, 30 more, like when you've got, say, March, April, um, February being peak months and you're full, once mm. you're full, you're full, you can't accept any more bookings. So, yeah, yeah that's, the next, that's the next little creative project that um, it's going to help the community. 
Um, it's a business interest for me as far as like creating something tangible mm. and then it's also got um, the potential to hopefully be a bit of a recurring revenue source because I've never been able to do that before. <laughs> <laughs> Every, all my businesses have been transactional. Yeah, and it, and that's the intent. Like it would be fantastic to have a business that can just give you that royalty yeah. income. Um, that would be your ideal, wouldn't no, it, Brendan? That, that would be my ideal. Now you go on to the next thing. So, <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing, and yeah. it's and so wonderful that you can actually give back to the community and yeah. to you know even to your competitors that are in the area. Why not? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I think uh, a few of the other venues that have approached are like, oh my god, I can't believe you're doing this. I mean, it's such a yeah. great idea. And yeah, I think people like that. They can see that it's an authentic approach. You know, it's the right. It's all coming back to that intent. What's your intent for doing this? It's it's okay to make money, but it's it's okay to help people as well. So absolutely, if you can combine those two things, you know, yeah, I think I think that's a that's a great motivation for for running a business. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too, Brendan. And I think that gives us um, that sort of. Ends our time for today. Uh, yeah, Is that right, Brendan? Pretty much. Our too issue. bad you didn't get to interview me. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, yeah. al- there's always episode 25. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Well, thanks for having me on the show today, Isha. No, thank you for having me. It's lovely to speak to you, Brendan. Yep. And, and remember, if you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe and share it around. See you next time. Thank you.